This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to theonesummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. And today's a very special day because after three years on the Wellness Guys, we finally brought on our number one guest that we've always wanted to have on, uh, Dr. Martini. Now, Dr. Martini is considered one of the world's leading authorities on human behavior and personal development. He's the founder of the Martini Institute, a private research and education, education organization with a curriculum of over 72 different courses covering multiple aspects of human development. Um, Dr. Martini travels 360 days a year, and I'm not kidding about that. He speaks almost pretty much every day, sharing his message across the globe. He's an author of 40 different books and uh, that's published in over 29 different countries, and he's produced over 60 CDs and DVDs and uh, has amazing courses such as the Breakthrough Experiences. Um, I've actually met Dr. John about probably... 16 years ago in a gymnasium at CMCC Chiropractic College and uh, it was my first year and it was packed uh, packed in there with hundreds of chiropractic students and I was blown away by his story, his passion and so I continually still live um, just watching him every single time and whenever I get a chance to. And I remember actually we had a drive, uh, I drove you to the airport and you probably won't remember me because that's like 12, 12, 13 years ago, I drove to the airport and you actually did a breakthrough experience in the half an hour drive from CMCC to the airport hotel. So so welcome to the show, John. (laughs) Well, that's that's a a walk down memory lane. Thank you. Well, it's been crazy. (laughs) Um, I've actually just uh, spent the weekend. I traveled to uh, Sydney, spoke spoke for eight hours there, and then did Melbourne in eight hours. I was mimicking John Demartini uh, on the weekend. And I don't know how you do it. 360, over 360 days, uh, you know, a year that you're actually out there promoting. John, tell us where you get your inspiration from. And obviously, you have a mission, and uh, that mission drives your passion and uh, to do what you do now. Well, you know, I, I, uh, when I was 17 years old, I uh, I had a close call with nearly dying, and I was luckily found by a lady. I was living in a tent at the time, and I was a high school dropout. And this lovely lady found me in my tent, almost dead, and helped me in a recovery process and helped me get to a little health food store. And then that led me to a little talk that a gentleman named Paul Bragg gave. And at that talk, in one hour, one night, this one man with his one message reached and got to me and made me believe that I may someday be able to be able to read and be intelligent and overcome my learning problems. And uh, that night I saw a vision of what I wanted to do. And I had a dream to, to travel the world and to, to learn and to teach. And ever since that night, I've been on a mission to do so. And I, I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing than that. I'm, I'm a teacher, a healer, and the study, a student of philosophy. And I just love uh, sharing whatever I can to help people live more extraordinary, more amazing lives. And uh, I've just dedicated my life for the last 42 years to uh, maximizing human awareness potential and, and uh, doing whatever it is that people are inspired to do. So that led me down in the pathway of chiropractic uh, for the healing arts, which I love and I I lecture to chiropractors all over the world. That's led me to the study of philosophy, and it's led me to travel. And so I do that every day. I, I uh, can't seem to do anything but what I love doing, and that's it. 
So I, I just keep doing it. John, you are truly a an inspirational human being, and you know your effect is profound throughout the whole of the world. Um, and you often talk about uh, the size of the vision in order to have that sort of impact. And I remember um, one of our very close friends, Brian Kelly, took me along to one of your seminars in Ivanhoe. It would be about uh, 12, 13, maybe fourteen years ago, and. Um, in Victoria. And one of the things that you said at that point was that you wanted to speak to a million people. You wanted to get in front of a million people. And then, so I think, you know, maybe within about two weeks, you might have already achieved that after saying that. But it was since then, you've obviously got into, in front of, you know, billions of people and you've impacted the lives of billions of people. You said back then that your vision was universal. How big is your vision now? Because if it's beyond universal and you're reaching this many people, what do you have to do now? <laughs> well, you know? I, uh, I, I, I've said for many, many decades now that uh, if you want to make a difference in yourself, you need a vision at least as big as your family. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be uh, influential in your family, you need a vision as at least as big as your community. Yes. If you want to make a difference in your community, be number one in the community, you need a vision as big as your city. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be number one in the city, you need a vision as big as your state. Number one in the state, a vision as big as the nation. If you want to make a difference in the nation, you need a global vision. And if you want to make a difference in the globe and have a global impact, you need an astronomical mission. Yes. Well, I've been blessed to have and study astronomy and astrophysics and, and uh, these, these topics to help me expand an astronomical vision. I've written a thousand-year posthumous biography of what I want to be doing and what influence that my institute has in a thousand years. So I, I just, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just going to keep doing what I do and use every possible vehicle, radio, television, newspapers, magazines, mediums, any possible future mediums I can to keep sharing and keep trying to bring a message that helps people live inspired lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, I, I, I can't say that it, that, you know, the universe is a universe. I, I have a universal vision. I just, uh, I, I just, my hope is to try to reach as many people as I can while I'm on the planet and then beyond when I'm, when I've passed on this planet and continue to do it through every vehicle that I've, been able to leave behind so that's that's the dream well john i think there's the there's definitely at least three people on this call who you've personally inspired because i know i've been definitely inspired by i mean i've heard you speak several times i've read several of your books i've listened to several of your audio programs and and there's just such great content in there and you know one of the things that you talk about a lot that that's always struck me is is you've you've spoken about the the win-win agreement that that you know really everything in your life needs to be in that sort of uh, fair exchange and making sure that, that you're getting back what you're giving and why that's important, not to be getting too much, but also not to be giving too much. And uh, and I just love that. I love that concept. I think I probably think about that every single day. And, and I'd love you to expand on that concept perhaps for some of our listeners as well. Well, in, uh, in the world of business, there is a model uh, in business economics called equity theory. And equity theory is uh, really nothing new. It's been handed down through the centuries but it's been formalized and mathematicalized um, over time. And it basically shows that if we self-righteously puff ourselves up and exaggerate ourselves and presume and project assumptions of what the market needs, and um, we tend to project on the market what we think it needs, if we don't meet the real needs of the market, uh, we go out of business. And that's from puffing ourselves up and not humbling ourselves and listening to the market. But at the same time, if we minimize ourselves and sacrifice ourselves and exaggerate how important the market is and the people, uh, we will probably negotiate any profits 
and give away our, our services too cheaply. And both of those extremes, the narcissistic looking down or the altruistic looking up at people, um, will eventually lead to non-sustainable results. But when we actually realize that we and they are reflections of each other, as Schopenhauer says, that we become our true self to the degree that we make everyone on the planet ourselves. When we realize we're equals, then we don't go from carelessness or carefulness. We go from caringness. And we learn to communicate what we have to offer in a value in terms of what other people are valuing. And that's when we have the most sustainable fair exchange where we don't go altruistic or narcissistic. You, I, I would say that you want to do as much as you can to serve the world and also have as much as you can from the rewards of the world. You want to expand both of them uh, infinitely as much as you possibly can in one life, but equally. If you do, if you help other people get where you want to get in life, you get where you want. Help them get where they want to get in life, you get where you want to get in life. This is the, the game of, of win-win or sustainable fair exchange. That's the only thing that stands the test of time. And I think it's so important. And I think it also, you know, for our listeners who, you know, it applies not just in terms of, I guess, the commercial sense or the business sense, but, but you know, in your personal life, in your health, in your lifestyle, like you can really apply that principle, I think, to, to everything you do. It, it applies in all seven areas of life. Uh, in our physiology, uh, when we tend to be uh, challenged, we tend to puff ourselves up precociously, independently, and when we tend to get overly supported, we tend to minimize ourselves and become more juvenile dependent. And uh, so we play altruism and sacrifice for others. So whenever we have an imbalanced perspective on our reality, we automatically have an imbalanced physiology to let us know that. And the signs and symptoms of the body are feedback mechanisms to help us get back into balance with our perceptions and therefore actions. So our physiology is trying to get us to equanimity. Our relationships are trying to do that. Our business and our economics are trying to do it. Our social leadership roles are trying to do it. Even our health and well-being. And definitely in our spiritual path. Our spiritual path of equanimity is the very essence of our spiritual expression. So all areas of our life are trying to get us into a a perfect equanimity within our own being and an equanimity and equity between others. One is called teleology within us and one is called helotolics um, around us. These have been standing the test of time as the great wisdom of the ages, but not everybody lives it. They try to find a, you know, immediate gratification or they end up sacrificing and, and these polarities eventually are non-sustainable. You know, John, when, when, uh, when, when I actually sat in that car with you and, and you maybe, you know, you, when you went through a breakthrough experience with me just in that short period of time, and I remember attending some of your courses, uh, later on and, and this whole concept of, of you know, really seeing, uh, the world as it is in balance in a sense of like seeing the good and the bad, that concept of that just really opened my eyes in terms of the way I see the world now. And could you give some real life examples? And I know some examples would be like how, you know, we can have, we can have a really great day you know, at, at work or business or whatever, and you come home, you, you're trying to celebrate, and all of a sudden, you know, your partner or your wife just kind of, you know, balances you out, like basically just to kind of bring you back to reality. Could you just use some of the examples so our listeners can kind of get a feel and understanding of what that means to what it means to you? Well, many people um, are under the illusion of a hedonistic utilitarian model where we're looking for pleasure and happiness all the time. And... Um, and don't realize that there's a more transcendent, more integrative model of transcendence that we have available to us. And so they go into a marriage, for instance, looking for happiness all the time. And, 
and expecting people to support them without challenging, being peaceful without warful, being kind without cruel, being giving without taking, you know, being pleasure without pain, and being positive without negative, and always a one-sided system. And that's like trying to get a one-sided magnet, which is futile. The Buddha says the desire for that which is unavailable and the desire to avoid that which is unavoidable is a source of human suffering. So anytime we're trying to find a one-sided world, we're selfing, setting ourselves up for a defeat. So I've, I observed many years ago when I was in practice, when I would have a big day and I would see lots of patients and make a lot of income and a lot of thank yous and a lot of service, I'd sometimes be puffed up a little bit. I'd be a little cocky. And, uh, you know, I start to think, you know, I really was something significant, important. And then I would, I'd go home and I'd be puffed up driving home and I noticed that my spouse would, would be a little bit on the critical side. And I, and I thought, well, you know, I'm all puffed up. Everybody thinks I'm great, but why didn't she do that? And I had this false expectation that she was supposed to be, you know, supporting me more than challenging me. But I couldn't understand that because at that time I was still addicted to the idea of everybody's supposed to be positive and supportive all the time. And then I noticed that uh, I would have an argument with her or something and we'd fight. And then the next day I'd have a kind of a funky day. And I'd be down, and I'd come home going, wow, what a day, rough day. And then she'd lift me up. And after doing that periodically, I, I started wondering, you know, is she a toxic person and only, wanted to, only wants to lift me up when I'm down and wants to cut me down when I'm up? But what I realized uh, later as I matured, I realized that she was trying to get me authentic. Because when I was puffed up, I was actually exaggerating who I was, and that was making me not care about my clients. And when I was putting myself down, I was minimizing myself and I was sacrificing myself for my clients. But when I actually got home and I was brought back into balance by my wife, she was trying to help me become who I was so I could serve consistently and sustainably with my patients and clients. And then I realized that actually she was demonstrating love, but I wasn't ready and mature enough to comprehend it at the time. But I really believe that our job is to get centered and be, be ourself. If we puff ourselves up or put ourselves down, we have no equanimity. And when we don't have equanimity, there's no way we can have equity with other people. And so nature is always creating feedback and symptoms in our life to try to get us back to our authentic self where we have equity and equanimity. John, um, I love that. I just realized why my wife uh, and I are still together. That's fantastic. Thank you. I, I, that was actually a joke. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, Amber's amazing. Um, now, John, I've heard you say before that you can fall in love with anybody, you can marry anybody, and you can make anything work. Um, I often find that people are accidentally overweight, or they're accidentally unfit, or they're accidentally single, or they're accidentally something. How do people um, kind of get that back on track so they don't become a victim of their accidentalness? I had to invent a word there because I wanted to seem smart, right? So <laughs> I've just got a new word. Well, I just for whatever it is, uh, pardon me for being a little commercial, there's a new movie that just came out called Overfed and Undernourished. Hey, oh, you did a great job with that. I was at the uh, Melbourne premiere of that with Anthony and Kate, and uh, and it's it's blown my mind. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great movie. did a great movie. job, and I really believe that everybody who could be listening to this could benefit by watching that film. Absolutely. And I am grateful for the opportunity to be part of that. But um, listen, every decision a human being uh, makes – is based on what they believe at that moment, what will give them the greatest advantage over disadvantage, greatest reward over risk. And so sometimes we consciously uh, are saying, oh, I want to lose weight or oh, I want to have a relationship or something. But deep down inside, unconsciously, we have a different motive. And our unconscious sometimes overrides our conscious. 
When you have a conflict between them, very common, the unconscious is ruling. So you have to find out what's really there. Can I give you an example? I, I, I had a, a opportunity to do a reality TV show in Hollywood in Universal Studios once. And um, there was a lady there. They, they had me work and change the lives of 12 people. And they were all kind of things from people that lived on the streets to people that were lost fortunes to people that were overweight to drug addicts to you name it. Right. And uh, there's one woman that came in and she was, I don't know how much overweight, probably 200 pounds maybe. And she was grazing and eating food while I worked with her. And she ate more food while I worked with her than I normally eat in a week. This is all in two hours. <laughs> wow, far out. And, and I'm not joking. She was just grazing. I do it. And, and she kept saying to me, I got to lose weight. It's killing me. Just look at this. Look at me. I can't stop this. Oh, my God. I and I looked at her and I said, listen, man, I hear all your words and they mean very little to me. Your actions speak louder than these words. So you keep doing it. So that means somehow unconsciously there's more advantage and disadvantage out of doing it or you wouldn't be doing it. Mm. And she started to tell me, no, 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 it's killing me. It's a, it's a. I said, ma'am, stop. I said, let's stop and bring the unconscious conscious. What are the benefits you're getting out of eating? And she said, well, are there? And there's no benefits. No benefits at all. I can't see any benefits. No, no, stop. Answer the question. What are the benefits you're getting out of eating? And she stopped. She paused. And all of a sudden, it came up. And one of them was that everybody in my family is overweight. And if I am not big like them, I'm not part of my family. Ooh. That was the first one that brought a tear to her eye. Then I said, what else? Another benefit. And she said, well, my sister's bigger than me, and all my life she's pushed me around. And I think really deep inside, I never wanted to be pushed around by her. I always made sure I was bigger than she was. That brought a tear to her eye. The third one was the big one, the biggest one that really made the biggest difference, which made her go up about 100 pounds, about 50-something kilos almost. And she basically um, said that when she finally went on a drastic diet where she fasted and lost a bunch of weight and started to have a little bit of a shape, she ended up for the first time in her life meeting a guy who gave her the impression that she, he was in love with her, and she made love with this guy this one night, the first night they met. The next day, he disappeared, never to be seen again. And weeks later, she found out she was pregnant. In the process of doing it, she not only had to do two things that she never wanted to do, but she swore inside her own consciousness, I'll never do that again. I'll never get vulnerable again. So she not only had her abortion, which she did, but she also, and that, that was associated with pain, with losing weight, but she also made sure she gained weight to never be attracted to a guy again to protect herself. Even though she was saying, I wish I could have a guy, I wish I could lose weight. So what we say on the outside is not what goes on on the inside. And until we bring the unconscious conscious, we're probably going to sit there and lie to ourselves about what we say we want instead of look deep inside and find out what we really want. But as long as we have more advantages at a disadvantage than eating, we will. So we have to uncover those unconscious motives and come up with viable alternative ways and link the viable alternative ways higher up on our values than the old ways to make a transformation. And this is what happens in relationships. Many people say they want to have a, a relationship, but deep inside they've got wounds in the past protecting them from going through it again. So we have to go to the unconscious and bring them conscious to transcend and transform what people say and to get into what people are actually believing inside. John, do people learn to do that in the breakthrough experience or the DMRT experience? Where do people learn to do that? Well, 
there's a, a tape that I did, a CD that I did called Mind Over Body. And uh, in there, I talk about unconscious motives. So that is a good starting point. But the breakthrough experience is where I help people uncover this. The breakthrough experience is where I give people insights about how their values work and how what they say on the outside versus what they live on the inside, why there's a conflict there. And what are the signs of them, how to undo them, and how to get congru- congruent and clear. So they can come to the breakthrough experience or they can listen to that CD or possibly go on my website and just watch some of the videos that are there because I address these type of questions. So, John, you've spoken about two things there, and one of them was about being authentic, and then one of them was about how to sort of make change and break out of habits. And, and I think sometimes people have trouble trying to balance those two. Like they'll sort of say, well, well, this is just me. This is the way I am. I can't change. And so they, they sort of think that by not changing, perhaps they're being more authentic than perhaps if they were trying to make some change and grow and evolve as well. Can you explain how you can be authentic and change and grow at the same time? Well, what happens is every human being lives by a set of priorities, a set of values, things that are most important to least important in their life. And as I said, every decision that they make is based on what they believe will give them the greatest advantage or disadvantage at any moment. Now, what many people do is they don't know what their real values are. Their life is demonstrating them, but they don't really know what they are. And what they do is they subordinate and minimize themselves to other people, inject the values of other people into their life, attempt to consciously be like these other people out of envy and ignorance, and suppress their own nature inside and get confused about their conscious and unconscious selves. And what they do is then they're going around saying, this is who I am, but then deep inside, they're internally judging themselves for it. Whenever you judge yourself, it's not you, because you don't judge you. Only when you internalize and inject the values of others do you create a superego, which is an internalization of an authority figure into your life, and judge your own actions. And you hear yourself saying, I should, or I ought to, or I'm supposed to, or I got to, or I have to. And you beat yourself up when you're not living up to this outer injected value. This is the conflict that people have. And what happens, their real values go unconscious the second that happens. That's why in the breakthrough experience, I show people how to transcend the subordination of outer authority, because you'll never be the authentic you. You'll never be the unborrowed visionary. You will never be the great leader you're destined to be as long as you're subordinating to outer resources and other people and thinking they have something you don't. So in the breakthrough experience in the Demartini method, I teach you how to own the traits of the grades. So there's nobody on the outside you have to subordinate to. So you'll give yourself permission to allow the voice and the vision on the inside to take command. John, that's a, a powerful stuff. I mean, obviously, you, you, you've, you have not only just helped so many different, so many people around the world, but you also have um, trained a lot of different people too, using your method to help others to kind of expand, um, really just really to kind of get to as many people as possible. But we're coming close to the end of this call. We got about five minutes left. But I love for you, for the people on, on you know listening to the wellness guys, would love for you to give your top three lifestyle you know, advice that you can give them because you have, you know, you travel, like I said, 360 days a, week, a year and you obviously have a lifestyle that, you know, constantly moving. How, what are some of your tips to kind of create longevity and create health? Well, I believe that doing it something that is truly inspiring to you, you can't wait to get up in the morning and do it and identify what your highest values are is wise. Uh, I learned from Mary Kay many years ago that if I uh, prioritize my highest priority actions each day and keep records of them and look at what was the highest priority, the highest priority, the highest priority over time, 
I can narrow down what is really most important to me. And when it came to me, it was researching, writing, and traveling, and teaching. It's wise to identify what is your 20% that gives you 80% results, and the 20% that does that, and the 20% of that, and keep doing it until you get to the number one thing that you're dedicated to. And then it's wise to prioritize your daily actions and let go and delegate all other things. Let go. Shed like a tree the under branches that don't reach the sun so you can reach the sun. I'd only research, write, travel, teach today. I don't do anything else. I don't. De- I delegated everything off my plate. If you do that, you can't wait to get up in the morning and do what you love doing. You have more vitality. You're more clear in vision. You don't have to be a, a subordinating to other people. You don't have to micromanage. Uh, you end up with the most income. Then you want to make sure you're, you're living not to eat, but eating to live. You're eating wisely to fuel the body. You're drinking tons of water to make sure you're lubricated because you're mostly water. You're breathing deeply because you're inspired. These things allow you to stand the test of time and then go and serve because you will not have fulfillment in life unless you're doing what it is that you're here to do as a service. And then you want to make sure you invest in yourself and pay yourself and reward yourself for doing that service so you can have a prosperous life doing a service-oriented life. If a person does that, they're going to have a lot of gratitude in life, lots of things to be grateful for. And I recommend that you keep a record of those. I got the largest collection of gratitude of anybody I've ever met. I, that's one of the things I picked up from you in uh, starting Gratitude Journal has been one of those things that has inspired me to continue moving forward and, and to always creating progress. So thank you so much, John. I mean, not thank you from all three of us uh, for being on this call. But more importantly, I think thank you for all the, from the, all the listeners because I know they're going to get a lot of insights and they'll make sure they're going to go back and re-listen to this one. And, um, you know, John, look, where do people find more information about you? Because you're traveling everywhere, so we've got to catch you somewhere. So <laughs> where, do, where can people around the world catch you? Well, the, probably the easiest way to do it is just go to my website, which is um, drdmartini.com. That's D-R-D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. And on there, is an, it's an educational experience. There's radio shows, television shows, newspapers, magazines, articles, inspirational writings. There's events. There's calendars. There's, there's Facebook links. There's uh, I mean, everything I can do to try to help people fulfill their lives is on there. So you could just spend your days on there and, and, and take advantage of what's there. There's YouTube clips. There's educational clips. There's lots of things there to help people. And that's the objective. Excellent. Now, John, you have written so many books. Uh, do you have a new book coming up? I'm sure you got it. You must be uh, have a couple of new bestsellers coming up soon. Well, the newest recent book was The, the Values Factor, mm. uh, How to Live an Inspiring and Fulfilling Life, uh, which is with Penguin, which has been um, you know number one in many countries. So I've been blessed with that book. That's recent. And I'm working on another one now on the Demartini method so people can have more access to the applications of that method because that's a tool with a thousand uses that I believe it can help people in all walks of life. Yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah. John, thank you so much for everything. I know the world is like your home and that you just go into a different room each day. So thank you for taking the time. Uh, to be on the Wellness Guys show. Guys, if you enjoyed this, please go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thewellnessguys. Go there, like it. But more importantly, comment below this particular episode and tell us what you think, tell us what you learned, and how you make sure that you spread this message to other people who need an update in terms of the wellness, but just inspiration in their life. So, And also, go to iTunes. Subscribe to us while you're there. Leave us a five-star rating. And uh, until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guys show. 
Hi, this is Lawrence Tan from the Wellness Guys and Insights Champions Mind. The Wellness Summit is fast approaching and we have some limited spots for a selected group of people. If you are ready to take your body, your mind, and your life to the next level, join us as a VIP at the Wellness Summit. Ask the speaker any questions you want at our meet and greet and a VIP dinner. You get to sit in the first front four rows for an intimate experience and you get to take home the DVDs and MP3 recordings of the entire event. And for VIP Platinum holders, you get also a $500 wellness couch voucher to spend on any upcoming wellness couch event. Hurry, these Golden Planet VIPs are strictly limited. And for more information and to book your tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.